This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we've got a listener-sponsored review of the classic 80s Sylvester Stallone action thriller, Cobra Geek Boner. Plus, Sony finds it's Craven the Hunter as the studio teases their plan for Spider-Man's future. Hollywood enjoys a healthy box office weekend. Amazon buys MGM and a whole bunch more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 31st. 2021. Could I sing the song? Jockin' and nerdin'. Spoiler alertin'. That's the theme song. I sang it. Yes, hello, listener, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us, listener, he's a loose cannon. He takes no prisoners, and he likes to slice his sandwiches with really large scissors. It's Marion Rugbready, but we yes. call him Rugboy. Gonorrhea is the disease, and I'm the cure. Rugbready is the cure to chlamydia, gonorrhea, uh, syphilis. Okay. <laughs> I just use urine. <laughs> urine is sterile. It's sterile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works in everything. You got a jelly, but jelly, uh, jellyfish thing. You just pee on it. You, you ever see those people, like those conspiracy people, that like just say, "Yeah, yeah you pee. It does everything." <laughs> well, that's what it, I do. Why don't you? In front of me, right here. Do it. Use it as an aftershave. Kevin Costner did it in Waterworld. Seemed to work out fine for him. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever drink your pee? Uh no. Well, did you think I had? I could have said yes. What I mean, about uh, <laughs> cutting your food with scissors? Yeah, no, that's weird. Only my pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza for sure. Yeah, just and you keep the hot oh, sauce got- in a in a in a carton of eggs. <laughs> yeah, is that where it was? Is that what that was? <laughs> we'll get into that later, Lister, in this strange movie. But for now, a couple of geek news things to go over. Let's do it. The Jock and Ned Podcast. I already know that Pobretti would hate. The fact that we've paired up his movie with all this geek knowledge and news. <laughs> yes. He'd be like, what is this? He'd be like, you nerds are a disease. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the cure. He'd, Go ahead. He'd rip Imran's shirt in half. <laughs> He'd be like, clean up your <laughs> ass hair. His, his tits are just hanging out of his fucking putting down. Oh, my man I think, it, I think in Imran's case, he would just rip off Imran's pants. Yeah. And you could see his dick dang. I would, if I ran into Cobretti, I would pee my pants immediately. And oh, for some geez. reason, his dick is taped up against his leg like a microphone. Oh, oh my God. You're spoiling the whole video. This is the best part of the Cobra. We'll get to that. But first, here's some more kind of what the fuck is happening news. Sony Pictures this week announced... Uh, the last person, a guy that wasn't even on the radar to play Craven the Hunter in their spinoff, Aaron Taylor Johnson, has been cast 
as Craven the Hunter. Oh, are, shit. are you sure you're reading this right? Is it is it Kevin the Hunter or like it's, or it's, it's Craven? Craven, right? Craven. Okay. yes, it's okay. not Kevin McAllister Kevin the Hunter. <laughs> Kevin, if that was the case, ATG, ATG he'd make a great work. Kevin the Hunter, right? but like a Craven, I don't know. Yeah, this was a strange pick. So other details, uh, they have give this movie a date tentatively scheduled to arrive January 13, 2023. Apparently he has signed on for multiple films. So we may see him pop up in other places. The movie is being directed by JC Chandor, who had directed Triple Frontier, which is I not like a, that movie. It's not a bad movie. It's on Netflix with Batflick and a most violent year is the other movie he directed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, Anthony reaction. Yes. Is this a big, fuck that's up? a big fuck up right there. I never would have even get thought of this Aaron Taylor Johnson for Craven. Yeah. I mean, they were going after a bunch of big names Keanu. and Aaron Taylor Johnson. What do I think of him? You know, I, I, the only role I've ever seen him in that I liked was kick-ass. The first one, he was in the kick-ass, both kick-ass. Everything else he's been in has been just completely not memorable at all. He was in Godzilla. Yeah, that was not a very memorable role. He is the uh, other Pietro in the MCU. not very memorable at all. <laughs> he gets killed. Um, so I just don't really... I'm not really impressed by his work. Um, I'm not super familiar with Craven, so I don't know how he lines up with that, but it's not a very um, inspiring choice, that's for sure, at least for me. Yeah, it's what kind of milk toast, if you ask me. It's very, very uninspired, not great... But I don't know. He's a young guy. They're trying to get a young guy in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he can just do his Quicksilver A guy that they can kind of, that has like the hero angle that they could probably do the anti-hero thing with. So, you know, like, obviously I would cast somebody who was like villainous in this role, you know, like that has like that villain look, but like they're not going that way. I mean, Carl Urban was like one of the big choices. You said leave Schreiber. That yeah, also I thought that he good. would be great. That's not a bad pick. He's tall as fuck and like he's intimidating. Uh, but however, it can be argued that like these Sony universe of Marvel characters like Venom and Morbius and Craven, they're like these lower tier characters that kind of on one hand deserve like a Tom Hardy and a Jared Leto and Aaron Taylor Johnson. But there's no reason you can't elevate it with someone who is uh, really good in oh. the role. Jared Leto did win. I think he won an Oscar, yeah, right? He's a, he's a he's been good in things. And Tom Hardy's a good actor. Tom Just, Hardy's uh, been good in things. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson's an interesting. Nah, it's not that interesting of a choice. That's that's well, you it can, it's me. transparent why they're doing it, right? So, well, and is he going to be Craven and uh, Pietro and Quicksilver? I don't know. There is some. There's some details from this article I want to get into from Variety. Uh, but listener, first, let us know. What you thought of this pick? Actually, a lot of our uh, Facebook group members did let us know that they did not. Lame. They were like, what the fuck? Uh, it's called Jock and Nerd Nation is our Facebook group. It's a closed group just for you, just for us, just for us listeners. Come in and come on in. The water's fine. Join <laughs> us. Uh, this. So I wanted to talk about this article from Variety titled, uh, we got a bunch of Spider-Man news, so I got really good geek boner. Geek boner. Will Spider-Man ever connect with Sony's other Marvel movies? And it's an interview with the Sony Pictures motion picture president, Stanford Panich. A lot of interesting details in this article. The first one is they picked Aaron Taylor Johnson because he didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know, first of all, that he was in the MCU, right? They had to look that up. They saw him in the dailies for this movie that's shooting right now called Bullet Train. They were impressed with what he was doing in Bullet Train. 
and gave him this role. Have you heard about this movie, Bullet Train? It sounds kind of fucking cool. Is it about a bullet train? It is about a bullet train. <laughs> wow, good naming. Uh, and, however, it's directed by David Leach. So you got John Wick directing. Oh, shit. Aboard this bullet train are five assassins, and they all have separate missions that may or may not have something in common. On the bullet train, this movie starring Zazie Beats, Hiroyuki Sanada, again, who we just saw in uh, Mortal Kombat. And what was the other thing we just in we just talked about? He was in that, too. Uh, Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah. He's in Army of the Dead. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Brian Tyree Henry, Michael Shannon, Logan Lerman are in this movie. And Bad Bunny, for some reason. What? Is it, what? Is in Bullet Train, but this movie sounds crazy like it sounds like a yeah. great action movie this actually sounds right? like it'll be fun yeah. yeah so this is why he got picked because they saw him in this uh and they had to look him up because they didn't know so i guess he can be both things but really what this article talks about is how apparently this dude sanford panich has a plan to merge the mcu spider-man universe and the sony universe of marvel character geek burners spider-verse and he's saying we could see something as soon as like venom 2 but definitely the quote is after spider-man no way home even more will be revealed of our plan and where we are heading this is kind of exciting because we all know it's the worst kept secret what that all these people from all the sony movies are going to be in spider-man it's going to be some kind of multiverse deal yeah, what do you think about that? That as soon as this is it, like this is the last movie in their deal with uh, Tom Holland, their shared deal. So they're going to have to renegotiate. He says this Craven is also a piece of this puzzle mo- with their plan moving forward. Then he talks about trying to do a Sinister Six movie. There's another uh, crazy rumor. But what do you think? Is this too much for one movie, Spider Man No Way Home, uh, to do all this shit and then. Give us a a plausible reason how Tom Holland can go between the MCU universe and the Sony universe. I don't know. I just don't know how it works out for Sony. Like, so basically, Sony and Marvel don't have a deal to make any more movies with Spider Man in it. Not at, not with Tom Holland live action. Not All after right. this last movie. So you would infer that Tom Holland would have to end up in the Sony movies. Well, how do they do that? They haven't established any Spider-Man character in that universe. And if he's coming in from another universe to go there, why would he do that? So that's the, that's the thing that I'm kind of spinning on my mind. It's he, you know, that he doesn't exist in this universe yet, or we don't know that he exists in that universe. There, there was that button for whatever, whenever Mobius comes out where, um, what's his face? What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton as Vulture shows up in that button screen. Yes, at the end of the the teaser for Morbius or Morbius. So, and in that teaser, you see a poster of the Sam Raimi Spider Man on the wall, which right. is even more confusing. So, uh, this is all very crazy and exciting. We should have a trailer in the next few weeks. We're about six months out. Do you think they're going to recast Spider Man? And it's not Tom Holland. Whoa! I don't, I don't think so. What? I'm 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 still also of the of the mindset that I will believe. I don't know that they're going to necessarily be able to connect everything with the MCU. I'm still. This is a lot to connect. I still think that they they might come to a deal with the MCU to continue making 
having yes. them make the Spider-Man movies. I'm expecting a Timothy Chalamet announcement any day. Oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, your next Spider-Man. No, Kevin, so Panich says he has a good relationship with Feige. Feige needs to re-up this deal, even though they're just production partners, to keep Spider-Man in the MCU. But at some point, they're going to have to let this Tom Holland Spider-Man show up in these Venom, in these weird Sony movies. They're going to have to. You know, it's going to be because here is another crazy rumor. The Jeff Snyder podcast, Snyder Cut, he reports that he's heard that William Defoe's Norman Osborne Green Goblin is coming back and will be the main villain Geek Boner. of oh, the movie. Shit. And he is going to bring together the Sinister Six, which now. Which movie? Uh, no Way Home, Spider-Man oh, okay. 3. So if you if you have William Defoe Green Goblin, you can add Alfred Molina Doc Ock. You have Jamie Fox Electro. Uh, you have I don't know. You have Mysterio. You have the Vulture. You have the Sandman. You have the Rhino. You have the Lizard. Is that six? Uh, that's more than six. There's that's like way too many six. people. Yeah. So and I mean, do Venom and uh, these other people play? I don't a think role? all those people are in this movie. I no. don't. I, I have my. My doubts. Dude, if by the end of this, they can like set up a Sinister Six and they've set up a portal where now Tom Holland is stuck in the so It's going to be this is way I just too much. This is so ass backwards. A little bit. It is. Like, because you can you can have a Spider-Verse because Spider-Man is so dense with characters. But to characters. do it without Spider-Man, like anchoring the whole thing from the get is just so weird. And they're backdooring it in, and it just seems like it's very, very awkward. No, it, it's very clunky. They pulled off a Venom movie without Spider-Man. They're going to pull off a Morbius movie. They're going to have to hint at the, the other Spider-Man as we see the Vulture. Craven, like, you got to have a Spider-Man. Otherwise, what's the point of watching a goddamn Craven movie if he's not hunting Spider-Man? I'm up for some crazy shit, but I just don't know how it's going to land. That's all. Well, we also did just see a, Mo- a Venom movie without Spider-Man, which yes would have been would doesn't seem feasible before that Venom movie came out because the whole origin of Venom is tied to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. So how are you so, gonna backdoor well, but, Spider-Man so they're, back they're, they're into these do movies? The they're gonna do something with Craven that doesn't involve Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! But eventually, these people's paths are gonna have to cross. I think there's gonna be something in Venom too. And something more in Morbius, and I think something substantial in No Way Home. Uh, so, the, according to the rumor on the Snyder, the Snyder Cut rumor, uh, the No Way Home is referring to the villains that they are stuck not in their universe. They can't get home, and not uh, Spider-Man himself getting stuck somewhere. I don't know, but that would mean that they'd have to make to progress in that storyline. They'd have to negotiate another deal with with marvel and sony no, no? Sony or, can then make sinister six movies and spin that off you know oh so they would destroy all of their universes and keep that marvel universe i don't they know made? No, that seems very um, i think you need to keep the two universes and they collide in one movie and then they come back apart but now things can go back and forth i don't know that's as much heads or tails as i could make of it it seems dumb <laughs> this is gonna and it's sony so you know yeah that's the thing is it's just things. for me it seems like sony i just don't completely trust the people over at sony because they have no track record right now of doing anything even remotely like this that would no, be coherent and make sense and, <laughs> and like 
make movies that consistently are good. Yeah, this is a, an experiment for them uh, as much as anything. Okay, let's talk about, let's move from a, a studio that may or may not have a plan for Spider-Man moving forward to a whole franchise that had no plan when making a trilogy. Of course, I'm talking about Star Wars. Anthony, you shared this interesting article from Collider where they interviewed J.J. Abrams. What did he say in this uh, interview looking back on the Star Wars? Uh, to paraphrase, we we had no plan. <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> oh, shit. What, the fuck? what they were trying to do was they were trying to hire, they wanted J.J. Abrams, and then they wanted some up-and-coming directors. They had Ryan Johnson, and then they had Colin Trevorrow. And their whole thought was similar to what DC was kind of going to do with the DCEU, and then right. that didn't really work out, where it's like, get these t- talented directors and just have them hand the baton over and let them do what they want with the IP. And either it, it can, it can be a rousing success or just a complete failure. And to a lot of star Wars fans, it was a play a failure. Fuck sake, man, you're amateur. How can you, whether you're calling this the new trilogy, you'd know what the other six movies are. They're connected trilogies to go in and just think that these guys are going to talk to each other. Like you could do that on a Rogue One, yeah, sure. On a great. Han Solo, yeah. sure. Like a one-off movie, but like not in a continuity. That's just so stupid. I mean, the story, the way it played out, is still crazy. Because Abrams, after making the first one, did not expect at all to come back and make another one, and then fucking the guy undoes everything, makes a pretty like one of the more interesting movies out of the three Ryan Johnson. And then Abrams has to like stitch all this crap back together. And it's just a mess and it's not well, good. He, he had to clean up. He, he basically had to restart the movie from where he thought he had left it off in the first one and just wash out the second one. So you're left with like a, uh, a, a two movies that have one story and then one off of a thing what's supposed to be a trilogy. But I just think it's crazy that he's now publicly like, yeah, you know what? We probably should have a plan. This <laughs> is something like, what the fuck? Really? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... Uh, I mean, you, not only was it a trilogy that, you know, you, you should probably have an overarching idea of where it is and where it's going, but he also had six films prior to that that like had built a foundation, and there was a lot of obvious investment in where that story was going and, and the characters to this. Yeah, so I mean, it reminds me of the clusterfuck that happened. Not good to Lost, which he produced Lost, and the kind of the same thing happened. Like they had one ending, and then they had to keep going, and then they just fucking threw everything out the window and fucked up well, the whole. Let me thing. ask you guys this because we all kind of agree that this was a, obviously a bad idea. Even they agree it was bad. But is there ever any point, because I've seen this now fail twice with Star Wars and with DCEU, where it's just like, let the director do what they want with the IP, and we'll just figure it out after they're done with it. Like, does that ever, is that something that could work in big franchise filmmaking? Well, I think only in certain situations. I think when you have a one-off, you can do it. Mm-hmm. When you're like, you're, like you're the gonna, Joker. Yeah, when you're doing a one-off or you're doing something that... You're not planning on starting a franchise. You're just seeing that you're going to do it and test the waters and see if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's not like uh, interrupting any other continuity or anything like that. You can do that because like you're, you're, you're starting at ground zero. But if you're coming into something or you're trying to be part of a, a continuity of, uh, uh, especially of, of different things that cross over, you got to have a plan a little bit. You got to have some kind of control. Mm-hmm. 
And and uh, that's what Marvel's doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it does limit the directors a lot. And you can see that they're really like they're really crafting the story and the directors are just coming in to add flavor mm-hmm. where they're not they can't really change the whole direction of the movie. So I don't know. I think that you have to have some kind of rails. You have to have guidelines that they have to play by. And you don't have to be like, I think Marvel's doing it too much. It's a, yeah, they're a little extreme the other way. Cause like we're rails. always talking about these things in, in these extremes, but there's always these nuances, this gray areas here where you can be like, okay, we're going to have this much oversight. Yeah. You're going to have this much room to play around. And you know, we want to have a different feel here. You can kind of go in this direction a little more than that to dis- different. Like, you can, let's go into a horror direction here. Kind of play that up. You know, use what you can in a PG thirteen. Do max it out, and that could be fun. But Marvel, I don't think Marvel even does that. I think they they have everything figured out before they get. So Star Wars, though, being this huge franchise that has in continuity all of these books and all this canon and you all this have stuff, to have a plan getting into this to I just mean, tell a director they could do whatever they want. That's pretty foolish. They are, yeah. yeah, it's like you're I mean, asking they, for trouble. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear that Ryan Johnson looked at the first film and went, yeah, I'm not interested in anything. <laughs> yeah, you did, JJ. So, yep. Can I undo this? Doing. Do you mind if I undo all of this? Thank and then you. JJ had to come back and be like, yeah, I'm not interested in anything you just did, Ryan Johnson. So I'm going to have to undo all that. I'm very interested to see what would have happened if Colin Trevorrow. Oh, if he um, got to uh, the third. do the third. Because it, yeah. it's, it's clear he's not that great of a director. Yeah. But it may so, have been interesting to see a third person try to tackle this and clean it up. You know, in, yeah. in a whole nother way. Well, it's also clear, like, Star Wars, in in the beginning of their new, the new era of Star Wars, let's say, you know, we talked about this earlier, but they didn't really, they didn't obviously have a plan, but they also, like, were very indecisive on directors. You know, they had Colin Trevor oh, yeah, at one fired, point was yeah, part of it, Josh Trank was part of yeah. it, um, the Benioff and Weiss were part of it, uh, they, I think... Uh, what was it? Han Solo, the, that movie yes, had... Yes, that um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they got fired well, yep, after they, they shot fired. the whole movie. Right. <laughs> Even, uh, what's his name? Gareth Edwards. Yeah, they, fu- got, they fucked with they, his ending. They, they fucked with his movie. Yeah, yeah. Rogue, they changed Rogue the One, ending. So, like, not a lot of confidence in the directors in the beginning. And yet Kathleen Kennedy continues to just be in charge of this whole thing. Well, you know why? Because they made The Mandalorian and everything. Well, I th- that's the thing is I think, you know, Favreau would have been a great pick to handle it, but I'm glad he, he didn't take it because then we wouldn't have had The Mandalorian. And really, this is what they need to do now. It's stuff like The Mandalorian, but Star like, Wars. Even at Marvel, like even in the Marvel Universe, at Marvel Comics or DC Comics, there is an editor-in-chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, round up all the yeah, editors yeah. and say, look, this is what we're doing. They have a board meeting. Yeah. They sit down and they go, hey, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. And then they pitch stuff. And then the editor has to say yay or nay. They can't just be like, yeah, just do it. Unless they have complete faith in something. And usually you don't get like an absolute run of stuff unless you've proven that you understand the whole the setup you understand the whole way the the ecosystem works and what works you could have gotten three awesome directors had you first initially just sat down and mapped out the three movies here's the arc here's where this one goes here's where this one goes here's where everything ends here's that we write it now just follow this fucking plan that's why they call it a plan because you have to plan it out. Uh, you talk about the Joker, by the way. They are making a sequel to the Joker. Todd Phillips reportedly co-writing. Wow, a thing that probably shouldn't be made. Do we need a sequel to the Joker? I don't know. 
Oh, really? They're going to make a second movie They're going to make a sequel to The Joker. So okay. it doesn't matter. You get in and uh, you, you think you're going to make one movie and it's never just one movie. Well, that's supply and demand. Yeah, that's a different yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it was clear that they were making. Obviously, we all knew. They yeah, were like an elsewhere. Oh, oh I, for, I'm talking about for Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah. No. Yes, you knew. You had titles. Because it's part numbers. of the package. Yes. Yeah. The package is so a trilogy. It just, it's still, it makes no sense. It's so confounding well, how they went in. L- like I said, though, I feel like Star Wars after the Mandalorian two seasons is now reborn. Yeah, it's again. Ba- it is. And, and everything's back. just kind of been like, let's just forget about that. We forgive now you. Now we're doing it right. Now we know what we're doing. Listen, if I don't see any of those characters again, it's fine. <laughs> I like where it's going. Give me the book of Boba Fett and all that other shit. Uh, so you guys, I've noticed, uh, outside, uh, for the first time in like 14 months, like things seem normal. Has anybody else no- noticed this? How you feel? I left the house without a mask today, Holy but I shit. forgot. And I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. I was going to say the same thing. I was out yesterday. Really? And, uh, I was actually out all weekend, but I was out yesterday and for the first time, not only did I notice like you could walk into the place without a mask. But even the servers were walking around without masks. Yeah, well, they were like, wow. whatever. I mean, technically, if you're yeah. vaccinated, you don't have to they wear a mask. You don't wear it. Unless you're in a, like, a private place. What it, it, it. Does it work if you're spayed? <laughs> Neutered, maybe. Spayed? Okay, I, spayed? Yeah, yeah. I never was vaccinated, but I was spayed. And he neutered. has no balls. So, or he yeah. has no reproductive organs. Well, the reason I bring this up is because the movie theaters are also all in on this no mask deal. Uh, AMC, Regal, Cinemark have announced they will no longer require fully vaccinated guests to wear face masks. Uh, how do you enforce this? They have, I bars haven't really been. No. They, they, they'll just ask you. Some have like asked for a card, but most of the time they just ask you or just it just is kind of like don't wear it if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, well, it seems to be working. It seems to be helping as in the box office this weekend seemed to come back to a... Uh, a roar, uh, a quiet place. Part two released over Memorial Day weekend made fifty seven million dollars. Oh, oh wow! Which is uh, uh-huh. uh, the pa- pandemic record. And in fact, this movie was estimated pre pandemic to open to about sixty million dollars. Wow! Yeah. So they this thing seems to be the coming back box office. Uh, it's ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Also, probably doesn't hurt. And then I think in forty five days you'll be able to stream it at home. Which is probably when I'll see it. I don't know. A quiet place. It's quiet. Shh. Do you know in that first movie, there's a, a great infographic. There's like 83 seconds of dialogue in the whole first movie, apparently. It's a very quiet. It is actually a very quiet movie. It's a good movie. I haven't seen the first one. It's a good so. movie. It's great. Uh, it's a good one. The second one directed by Krasinski. Uh, I heard that they're both great. Yeah. Yeah. 90%. So more importantly, people are going back to the theaters. Corella is also doing good. It's on Disney premiere. I heard it's pretty good. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good news. Good to see things bouncing back. Godzilla. Don't forget who brought it back. It all started with Godzilla (laughs) versus Kong. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, listener, even if all of Bellotti's coworkers and his aunt's best friends <laughs> all thought the movie was shit, stepson yeah. thought it was shit. Yo, it still brought back. My movie. hairdresser's dog walker told me to tell you this movie sucks. What do hey, you wait got a to minute. say about that? <laughs> I heard that it's about to cross ninety-eight oh, what? million. Oh, what is? Let's look up. 
It's like ninety. It's at ninety-eight million. So if it crosses a hundred million, that's the biggest domestic. Uh, domestic, I think. Cum because like oh. ninety. Ninety was two thousand fourteen, and I, it's at yeah, ninety-eight million dollars domestically. Godzilla versus What's Kong, four hundred and thirty-five million dollars. Good, good, not bad. And it at opened all. in. It opened with very limited capacity, and COVID was still. Yeah, I mean, it's still a thing, but it's they didn't make the announcement. Big, they didn't announce that it was over yeah. yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now it. Now it's over. Now that the CDC is like, it's done. Everybody's fucking out, doing shit in crowds and groups. Pack them in, people. Lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But listener, look, if it's nice out. You're going out. Uh, I need you to support the show. Show your love. Buy some swag from our T Public shop. Visit jockinner.com/shop where we have tons of great designs that you can put on a T-shirt or a cell phone cover or a pillow or a tote bag or a hoodie. Uh, if you buy something, there's always sales. Send us a photo, post it to the Facebook group, which is something our awesome listener and pod buddy, Jamie Robinson, who hosts the podcast, Mr. Throwback Thursday, did a picture of himself wearing the strap yourselves in, you fucks. It's spoiler time. Hey, oh, my yeah. face is on that yeah. one. Yeah. I'm so, you know, there's a swear on the shirt, and I was like, are people going to buy this? It says fuck on there. It's tiny. But I think it looks great. It's, it's a, a great, small fuck. It's a yeah. small fuck. And it's a spoiler time. Jamie, thank you so much for uh, buying the shirt, wearing it out in public <laughs> without being embarrassed. <laughs> that rug boy is on your chest there. Um, yeah. Last thing in the news, just a follow up from last week. Amazon did indeed buy MGM Studios for a final price of $8.45 billion. Oh, shit. Wow. Jeff Bezos' lunch money for a week, basically. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they are going to own James Bond, Tomb Raider, Stargates. Uh, he did say one interesting thing in when they announced this. He said the real value of this, obviously, is the treasure trove of IP. You know, they need to bulk up their fucking catalog. Why, yes. But that said, they plan to reimagine and develop old IP from MGM, meaning could we see... I like a James Bond TV series, a RoboCop TV series, any of these old IPs that haven't that are still kind of hanging out. Could you see it reinvented on the Amazon show? That's kind of exciting. It, it could be cool. I mean, uh, RoboCop. I don't know. I should probably leave that alone. But Tomb Raider TV show they could do. They could do. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it just gives them more things that have already a, a vested interest in some degree or form that they can reimagine alongside. The all the old IP that you can now you know back catalog that for they got the, stuff uh, to watch now. Young 007 TV show could be it's a little more relevant than the young Alfred Pennyworth show on Epics. I'm like, wow, who cares about Alfred before? But nobody, obviously, because no one talks about that. No, it's still on. I think there's like two couple seasons. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. But a young 007 would be kind of uh, what was he like as a teenager? Still drinking martinis, underage. I want to know. Want to know? But they have, uh, you know, you could bring back the Pink Panther, great uh, Peter Falk in the Pink Panther. That could be a, yeah, that could be a great like mystery detective farce. Man, they got a lot of things. So it has been bought, it's purchased, and this the name of the game is buying catalog. Uh, Apple TV Plus. I'm looking at you. When are you gonna buy shit? You're the only one that they're like. We just have a couple of new shows we put out. That's all. There's nothing else. Apparently, Apple TV though is is. Like a lot of people that now have it like it, like the stuff that's on there. There is good shit on there. 
And, you know, a lot of times you get it free because people are always buying phones and iPads, computers, and you get like a free year. But it's interesting that they're like, no, we don't need a catalog. We don't need to. We're just going to uh, just gonna make stuff. We put it out occasionally. Mythic Quest is great. It's only like four bucks. So yeah. I guess. I found something else good I'm going to mention. And what are we watching? Uh, but we're going to take a break now, play some promos, and we're going to come back and talk about Lieutenant Marion Cobretti right after this. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. Classic. You know, all the good stuff, the stuff that you forgot about, the golden age, pre-golden age, back to the original era. Each week, we bring you hip-hop headlines, so we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Do you watch Friends? Do you watch How I Met Your Mother? Then you should listen to How I Met Your Friends. Hi, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Julie. And we are the ladies behind How I Met Your Friends, the podcast that explores the similarities and theories of Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Every week, we watch an episode from each show and dive deep into the crossovers and catchphrases. So if you've ever noticed the similarities between these fantastic shows, come check out our podcast. You can reach us on social media at How I Met Your Friends Pod or email How I Met Your Friends Pod at gmail.com. Listener, now is a great time to join our fan club. If you've been enjoying the show, it's a way to give back, show your love, support the show. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd. And as little as $3 a month gets you access to a bonus RSS feed where the shows come out early. There's exclusive bonus shows, instant movie reaction reviews. There's a sports show in season sometimes. When interesting sports are happening, they will report on it. And if you give us $10 a month on this tier, it's called the You Pick It tier. Oh, shit. It means you get to pick any movie you want and force us to watch it and review it. And we love doing these. Had a lot of great conversations. Had turned on to a lot of good and fucking really bad movies. It's a lot of fun. We're going to do one this week. Right now, as a matter of fact, a huge thank you to listener Johnny Gons, who this week increased his support to the You Pick It tier. Nerd. Thank you, John. And he was ready with his movie. He has picked <laughs> Stallone's Cobra from 1986. This is sponsored by Johnny Gons, who writes, What up, crew? Picking some 80s big action cheesy goodness with Sly at the height of his powers. My pops recorded Cobra off HBO, and I wore that VHS tape out. I'm pretty sure Imran and Rugboy have seen this, but I can't wait to hear what Anthony thinks. I know there's a lot of stories on the making, the famous Phantom Director and the Cocaine Circus that was the canon group. Here's to a fun pod, boys. First, here is your spoilers to a really old movie. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. 
Okay, Johnny Gons, that comment is interesting because, Anthony, let's start with you. Have you seen this movie before? Oh, I've seen this movie. Oh, shit. I've oh, seen this shit. movie before watching it again today for the show. I've probably seen it at least half a dozen times. Holy shit, Rugs, how many times have you seen this? Probably this is my third viewing, yeah. Uh, Johnny Gons, I had actually never seen this movie. Lame. What? This was a Stallone 80s cult classic that missed that escaped me but i am so glad oh boy you made me watch this fucking strange ass movie this is phenomenal uh you guys this movie released almost exactly 35 years ago this week oh shit in oh really yes Hmm. right it was like wow may 23rd 1986 it was the memorial day weekend big release in 1986 i'm sure a ton of movies were coming out on rotten tomatoes this movie is standing at a solid 18%. Uh, 3.4 out of 10 on the average rating. The budget of this movie, $25 million. Kind of a big budget for 86. And it goes on to make domestically $49 million. And worldwide, about $160 million uh, on the $25 million budget. So it made money. It made its money back and then some. Yes. Now, here's where it gets good. And if you listen to the show, you're going to have a lot of red flags should just be popping up as I say these credits. This movie produced by the Canon Group uh, featuring Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Uh, <laughs> these guys, we taught, we did What the Fuck Happened, uh, Superman 4, Quest for Peace, same guys. But this one is one of their few co-productions with a big budget studio. Uh, meaning Warner Brothers helped him out on this one. This one directed George P. Cosmatos, who also directed Stallone last year ago, Rambo First Blood Part Two. He did, and he goes on to do Leviathan in 1989 and Tombstone in 1993, which is a great movie. Uh, the uh, this movie is loosely based on this novel called Fair Game by Paula Gosling, which itself was turned into a movie in 1995 with the worst Baldwin, Billy Baldwin. Nobody likes Billy Baldwin. He's the shittiest Baldwin and Cindy Crawford, who is not an actor. It is clear in that movie. This movie written by, so there's red flag number one is Canon Group, right? Screenplay by Sylvester Stallone. There's red flag number two. Uh, and cast, obviously, starring uh, Sylvester Stallone as Marion Cabretti. Now, this is Stallone. In 1986 and 1985, Stallone releases Rocky IV and Rambo Part Two, First Blood Part Two. Geek oh, shit. Both Huge. Movies, both movies. He is, and then the next year, he puts out Over the Top. But in 1985, at this point in the 80s, this is the biggest fucking action star on the planet, right? Movie also starring Bridget Nielsen as Ingrid. Uh, Rennie Santoni as Gonzalez, Andrew Robinson as Detective Monty, the great 80s scary face bad guy Brian Thompson as the serial killer night slasher. You've seen this guy's face famously in uh, Terminator and Shao Kang in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Brian right. Thompson, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, who else you got? David Rash, who's the photographer to the model. David Rash hilarious dude played sledgehammer in the 80s do you remember sledgehammer rugs it was like a pi show yes right? he, it, was funny. it was a comedy it was this parody cop tv show and it was this was the kind of joke sledgehammer he didn't have a silencer he had a loudener 
he had a thing he put on so the bullets would be louder. That's the yeah. kind of show it was, and I loved it. Uh, and a bunch of other 80s people. Anthony, since you are so familiar with this movie, why don't you give us the quick plot of Cobra? So it's like the 80s, obviously, <laughs> in L.A., I believe. Sometimes, somewhere in L.A., California, I, think, it, I believe L.A. It's L.A., I think, yeah. yeah. And there's the string of like murders that are happening from a serial killer. And um, Cobretti, Marion Cobretti. <laughs> Marion Cobretti. An elite. He's part of the zombie squad. And he basically is the guy you call in to take out the bad people that no one can take out. And he kind of does it, you know, below the line, beneath the books, whatever. Um, and he is called in to protect Bridget Nielsen's character, who yeah, yeah. happens to see a murder by this guy played by brian thompson who's the night slasher and cobretti gets himself into protecting this lady from the night slasher and the night slasher is part of a bigger thing that is trying to throw the world into chaos i guess i don't know what or or just bang axes in a fucking just warehouse clink axes together in a circle really <laughs> around, aerobics around, around, yes it was that was just their exercise i gotta around, go to my axe class like imran's the there with his mace we, they wouldn't <laughs> let him in this is early axe throwing early battle axe throwing you just stood around and you clink them together Im- imran can't get the mace high enough over his head so this he's just clinking it at heavy. his waist level yes heavy, wait do you switch to like batons now didn't you like he, what did you I have a steel club he saw anthony saw my steel oh, I saw club. His steel club. he juggles them yeah <laughs> steel club i juggling with my fingers uh okay anthony let, i want to know what you remembered of this movie and then what you think of this movie after watching it again today <laughs> i remembered before watching it today thinking i uh, that it was a very enjoyable movie okay as i've seen it a ton as like a as a teenager um kid teenager i don't remember exact ages but i remember thinking it was awesome back then I also remember thinking it was like quite kind of scary. Yeah. Some of the sl- scenes where the, the women get killed aren't as violent as I thought they were, but very good, like dramatic music, like kind of Halloween mm-hmm. slasher film esque yeah, filming yeah, absolutely. and some of that stuff. Yeah. So back then, I definitely was like, this movie's kind of risque. Like it's uh, the killing women. Yeah. I shouldn't Fucking be watching this. Stallone is like gunning down just heaps of men in this gang that are <laughs> clinking axes and want to take over the world and you have brian thompson who looks like the most evil person on the planet He's so scary with his weird knife that has yeah little Studs. pointers at the yeah. on the grip and shit like that so yeah. yeah i mean this movie was definitely fun for me back then um watching it again it still has like some good stuff ah. um i mean it's not that great of a movie uh, it's not as good as I remembered it being. Um, but then again, I've seen it so many times that it was like one of those things where I was just kind of reliving some old stuff with now a, a 33-year-old mindset yep, instead yep. of a 15-year-old mindset. It's fun. It's not the best 80s movie I've ever seen you know, in this kind of genre, uh, but it still has its like place. And, the, you know, and it's an easy watch. It's only less than a half hour and a half. Seven so. minutes, and there's a reason. I'm for more that. curious what you guys think because, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's aged all that well in terms of some of the stuff. But then there's things that are, like I said earlier, like some of the the filming techniques and the and the music cues. Yeah. are a mix between horror slasher and then soup straight up 80s montage. I mean, some of it's like, 
I feel like I'm watching like Rocky Four with yeah. some of the music cues in here. So, uh, okay, interesting. Uh, Rugs, why don't you go next? Okay, opening thoughts. I remember seeing this when I was a kid. Okay, and um, I didn't remember a lot of it, and I remember I saw it again, and I was like, "Whoa, that's not a good movie." <laughs> but then. I've been sitting through all of these other fucking bad movies, like like Frank Rillo movies right. and whatever, and I kind of like enjoyed the stupidity of it. Yeah. So then I went and watched this, and I I was like, wow, there's so much, there's so much B movie in this. There's it's like a, definitely this is, is a B movie. This is yeah. not like I remember it being like a high caliber action movie, but now that I, in the context of all the shit that I've seen, like this is a B movie. This is like Stallone's B movie, like. uh it's very strange that after Rambo and Rocky, five these glitzy, big budget movies, that this would be like the next thing to come out. Yep, absolutely. It, it feels like I'm gonna say I, I compare it to my mind with Commando, like Arnold. If you're gonna go like Stallone, Arnold, yeah. like this is like Commando level, the like in between but, the franchise movies. Yeah, it was like a weird, strange film. It, there is a huge portion of this movie missing, and well, I'm like, we'll, well, we'll get into that. Yes. Yeah. And I felt it. Yeah, like, you could tell. Yes. Like when I watched it when I was younger, I didn't know that much about films and all that stuff. I hadn't really like uh, gotten these opinions. But now I could totally see it. And I'm like, oh, there's something definitely missing. And what the fuck's going on? And why did all of a sudden the tone change yes. so much? Yep, 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 so, yep. Um, Actually, I'm very curious about all this stuff because I don't really know. Oh, my God. Talk Just about. wait. It's incredible. Let me tell you. Here's my opening thoughts. I, I'm i surprised I never watched this movie. I loved Rocky Rambo. Rambo, especially. I had the action figures. I watched the cartoons. I mean, he had a missile launcher. He was badass. It was Reagan-era machismo at its best, right? So this is a very fucking strange movie, all right? this It is a weird, like, dark, it's the darkest thing I've ever seen Stallone do. You know, like you said, Anthony, it's a slasher horror film slash cop exploitation. And it's also, like, a vanity project for Stallone, which I find really strange. But it's it's bleak. Uh, the editing is, is really bizarre. It's really sloppily made. There's tons of errors, tons of crew you can see. It's sleazy. It's cheesy. It's corny. Uh, but I kind of dug it. I watched it twice. I was, there's something Whoa. fascinating. You it twice? I watched it twice. Oh, there is something mesmerizing and fascinating about it's almost like a snuff film but it's not it's like a b-movie exploitation thing a clearly a dirty hairy ripoff yeah i mean he has that's Gon- what it felt like a little bit gonzalez it felt like a 70s movie yeah the guy playing gonzalez was in dirty harry also like he literally right. got yeah uh, <laughs> and the body count is huge Yet he cares about the sanctity of life at the same time. It's all over the place. Well, there's also like this ongoing conversation about like Cobretti and like him being his methods. And, you know, it kind of like I I was making this connection like now almost like it's weirdly relevant now in terms of like the. Yeah, I see the the role of police and how far they need to go and like what what things are actually necessary and like yep. that, that ongoing conversation they were having excessive where force. yeah where there's yes. like we don't about need that. you yeah. you know we don't need you cobretti like you're too like what about the rights of all these criminals Tell that, that you're just you're, you're deciding to 
to kill right on the spot. Like, don't they have rights? And then, like, you know, Cobretti's obviously like the, it's in his viewpoint. So, like, you you're rooting for his viewpoint. But I found that all to be like strangely still relevant, even though like I don't know if the movie was necessarily wanting you to debate Cobretti's methods. Like, I think they want they want you to be like this movie is straight up eighties machismo in that sense. Like, this is nineteen eighty six one man jury judge jury executioner uh, yeah, yes. type I thing. almost expected him to go I am the law but he does that later <laughs> and he does it in another movie he does movie. it way later but yeah this is the Reagan yeah, era I felt 80s. like this was like strangely prequel judge Dredd. it was a little bit he's like a vigilante <laughs> but again Reagan era 80s where you are you know you're rooting for the extreme cop who's can't do no wrong everything he does is gonna be good let's okay look we have to break down this opening scene and he's just a complete asshole like yeah, yeah. He just bumps that car out of the parking <laughs> that spot here's the man's shirt are great. Yeah. and he's like you know it's bad for your health me uh and then what do you notice when he rips the shirt you see his fucking lapel mic taped to his chest oh, shit. The, 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 the gangster and then the next time the dude moves his car hilarious so funny. <laughs> so funny he got his respect but okay you said the cop thing is relevant here's another thing that i found jarringly relevant this opening scene that actually kind of efficiently sets up Cobretti's character, if you think about it. But, you know, the movie opens with this mass shooting in a grocery store, which was a popular thing in a lot of movies. You saw this. But, like, this year, there's been, like, so many mass shootings every fucking day on CNN. I just I was like, oh, this is eerie. Uh, another topical thing. But then... When it starts, this dude, he's either a really bad shot or he just hates groceries. Oh, I don't know which one it is because he's just shooting at the potato chips and the fucking watermelons, right? <laughs> and he yeah. eventually shoots a guy, but he's literally shooting at groceries. And then hilariously, the SWAT team and the news helicopters are there immediately, instantly, in like one second. You know what I found strange, too? Not just about that opening scene, but just a lot of the different stuff. Like, the movie is... He has a huge body count. There's a guy that's the night slasher yeah. killing women. Yeah. Um, and yet, like, it's strangely not gory at all. No. Like, they there's no it. blood yeah. in terms of, like, the gunshot stuff. Yeah. Like, there's some stuff, but very rarely do you see, like, blood. No. Um, other than, like, the end scene. You see some of the dead bodies all cut up, but it's, like, very far away. But, like, all those murder scenes, I was expecting, like, I don't know, just a little more oomph. And, like, some of the... The the beginning scene where he shoots the guy, it's like no blood. Yeah, <laughs> he just like falls he into a Christmas tree. And him shoots. Oh yeah, there's no blood there. But then when yeah. the guy's shooting the groceries, like all the cranberry juice is exploding. Also, <laughs> if you notice in the night slasher scenes, the murder scenes, there's a lot of slow mo and weird editing right about the time when the person's about to be killed. I actually found I that as a kid scarier. As a found that as a kid very scary. Yeah. Even now, I yeah. like, kind of appreciated what they were going. Yeah. For so, there. but this was accidental intention of making them seem even more mysterious. I'll get into that. But wait, we got to go back to the beginning because he fucking shows up with these dark ass aviator glasses and the matchstick in his mouth in his fucking. Uh, nine, what is that car? It's a 1950 Mercury, Mercury. custom. Yeah. And that was actually his car. The studio yeah. made stunt doubles to uh, blow up. But he rolls up. And first of all, these glasses are so dark. You can see a fucking cameraman and a boom arm reflected in his glasses. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I didn't in notice. the beginning. And when he's in the grocery store, I'm like, how the fuck can you see anything, Cobretti? These are dark ass glasses. I love when he stops and he swigs a Coors 
like this ain't nothing. I'm gonna take this. Let me have a beer. Real I like quick. when he gets on the he gets on the the thing and he tells the guy he's a bad shot. Yes, he's <laughs> like, oh, you're a lousy shot. He's antagonizing him. Lo- and then my favorite line is in the beginning of this movie where the guy's like, I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna blow up this whole place. And he just goes, Go ahead. I don't shop here. So fucking good. <laughs> That's the best line ever. And then he stabs him and shoots him. And then he twirls. A semi-automatic handgun like it's a goddamn revolver. That thing would have went off and shot him in the face. Yeah, you probably. You can't well, the handgun. Well, come on. No. It's the 80s. It is the 80s. I'm just saying. You can't. But the, 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 actually, the more the bigger thing for me was like he shoots that guy. Yeah. That guy was holding a grenade or some sort yeah, of bomb. Had a, like if that would have fell yes. into the, on the ground. Yes, no. That would have blown yes. the whole place. And he just didn't. He like he took didn't time care. to twirl his fucking gun. That gun pipe bomb could have had a dead man switch. He didn't know. The minute he lets go, it could have went off. He doesn't know. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> he is cobretty. Exactly. Uh, what else is great? Yeah, let's talk about the pizza scene. Why? Why does he pull a slice of pizza? And his- so he goes home to. Uh, this is my favorite thing. Yeah. So he, his, the guy, this partner. Uh, what is his Gonzalez. name? Gonzalez. Yeah. Like he's into sweets and he's and he's he's constantly arguing with this guy about how he's got a terrible diet and he's got to eat healthy. What does he do? The first thing he goes home, he gets a slice of pizza. But I guess he's healthy because he only cuts off the tip he with a scissor. With a scissor and eats it while he's. By the way, he never takes off his fucking leather gloves. Those things are on the whole time. Oh, really? The whole this. movie? He does take yes. off the glasses. He doesn't take off the gloves. Never takes the gloves. And it off. looked like the the gun cleaning kit and the pizza was in the freezer and not the fridge. That was also confusing. E- eating the pizza with the it's, a, the it's amazing all time amazing all time all time with the hot sauce and the, in the <laughs> milk or in the uh, egg carton in the egg carton with the that he doesn't use I don't think he even used no, the no. hot sauce he was cleaning that was like the, his gun cleaning kit and the hot oh. sauce I thought it was hot sauce it wasn't hot sauce he was cleaning his gut yeah he he has like his gun cleaning stuff in there <laughs> and it looks like he like lives in like a a studio that he's just transformed into a like a, 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 crime like a lab. lab, a crime lab. Yes, yeah. yeah. And the fucking '80s sax music is amazing. Like the softcore porn music is so good. Uh, okay, let's move on to more inexplicable shit. Where the scene where he's going to shake down, you know, the the street workers and people, and they're cutting that with clips of this cult clinking axes and then they're cutting that with brigitte nielsen modeling with fucking robots and i didn't even put together that that girl who drove by in the scene earlier this was the same girl uh in the model shoot i'm all of a sudden it's like why are they showing me these weird robots oh, you didn't put that together oh i didn't until later well, she, she has short hair so- her hair is totally different when she's yeah. doing the model shoot you don't recognize Bridget Nielsen in that mole on her lip. You know, she kind of has a generic <laughs> like European model look, but I, I knew exactly that whole time. It, it would have been better editing if they would have started with her hair curly yeah. and then gone to the I didn't, it, the wigs. That, it confused me. I was like, oh, that's the same girl. But what? It was with the fucking robots. That made no sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just the uh, <laughs> it's another one of those things in this movie where they just threw it in or some just, artsy shit yeah, what the yeah. Fu- and they're going for some artsy robot and was model. the photographer trying to convince her to sleep with him to advance her career is yes, that what was, that was, that was going on right okay Definitely. I thought so. I thought so. also bridget nielsen who was stallone's wife at the time they were married for two years 85 to 87 she's like a foot taller than fucking sylvester stallone she's doesn't really matter tall. when you're laying down buddy <laughs> i guess not and you got <laughs> lips so you got the thing where you know the cop is a cult member also which is kind of typical but i thought it made it a little more interesting uh yeah they just did a really bad job of like 
basically Colbretti and, and Gonzalez are so stupid so for dumb. not even realizing. Yeah, I mean, it's so immoral. obvious. Yeah. <laughs> well, the cops are dumb. They think it's one person, and he's like, "Who is this woman with a scowling face <laughs> yeah. that doesn't say anything?" I know. Why did but it seems to be? Why does she show in the up middle and of everything? Want to come with and us? And only takes phone calls outside yeah. on the payphone. How come they yeah. know where we are when this lady is with us all the time? I wonder <laughs> yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And Colbretti's like. Because the, the the scene at the at the hospital, that's where they realize yeah. like, oh, there's a mole. Yeah. So there, he's already knows there's a mole yeah. there, yeah. and then they're hung up. There's hanging out with the one lady that's been assigned to them for the rest of the <laughs> you film don't and keep think getting this attacked. One, nah. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah no, these, these, pretty stupid. Yeah, these cops are idiots. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Well, I wanted to talk about how he does a lot of dramatic spin moves in these action scenes. Did you notice that? It's fantastic. He just comes in and spins and strikes a pose, and then he does another spin move. Strike suppose. Well, it's one of those where he just he flare. Everyone is just a terrible shot, and he's just out in the open. He is the best shot and never has to reload. Did you notice that? Also, every shot takes down a guy. What's the best? What's the best? uh, Like death scene in this whole thing? Oh well, we we could be the last one. Yeah, other than the end one. There's this movie has a huge body count. The best for me. The one that's it's not the best, but it's the one I recognize the most. Oh, I have one. Is the guy is on top of the car while Bridget Nielsen's driving. Yeah. She runs over him. Yo, that you was good. Crunch, that was good. You hear the crunch yes, of the guy yeah. getting run He's over. Like, ah! Then it cut. Then it cuts to his body rolling <laughs> as if he wasn't run over again into the into the other motorcycles. And I'm like, he would have just been smashed. Been like, he would not keep rolling underneath after that car. Here's my favorite death. It's when they uh, they're attacking Bridget Nielsen in the garage, and that one random dude comes out, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on out here?" And they just fucking kill him. And I was like, "You idiot! You were they the just accent." Yes, yeah. Poor guy. I was like, "That poor guy had nothing to do with this. He had a bottle of shit. He was like, "Hey, what's going on?" Whack. That's hilarious. So good. Uh, let's talk about some of the action. The car chase scene. Is like it's the great old school like practical car chase stuff with just unbelievable moves that would never happen and it's fantastic. Like, why is that road so hilly? First of all, where they're going up and down. Oh yeah, it was like what is that road? Like a bridge? Yeah, I don't know. It was so crazy. That was so strange. Who would build that road like that up and down so you could do these jumps off there? I was like, the suspension on these two cars is amazing. Yeah, I know. How are they surviving this? (laughs) And he has like a nitro boost yes the, uh, the nitro boost was fantastic <laughs> labeled nitro it says nitrous, nitrous yeah. just yeah. like night rider i was like oh fucking like fast and furious nitro yeah boost. that second floor jump garage off the garage was kind of i mean it was a good stunt for the time you know sure but it's then fine. the best is the spin around he's driving and the guy's there he's being sandwiched the guy in front of him behind him spin around shoot a truck that means when you shoot a truck in the 80s it just explodes explodes yeah you shoot and it in the engine spin it back around but if you watch really closely, there's a shot, there's a rea- a cutaway shot when the truck is exploding where you see the car facing forward when it had just spun around and it was about to spin around again. Oh, there's a lot of mistakes so like there's that. There's so many mistakes. So it's backwards, forwards, backwards, and then he spins around. <laughs> when again. he crashes the car into the boat. Oh yeah, that's a the weird... other car was a re- the other car that he was chasing was crashed it, into the boat yes, already. It was in sitting there, yeah, because that happened and they changed They edited it out. They changed yes. it, yeah. Also, I don't understand the motivation of this this car chase, right? He's taking the girl to a safe house. Now, the guy in front of him is shooting at them because he's trying to kill the girl, but he's trying to get that guy 
because he doesn't he needs to kill him but they're trying to kill him so why are they running away why wouldn't they just stop and get out and shoot cobra and the guy but i was like this is so confusing who's chasing it was, who? it was very weirdly <laughs> it was like wait a minute why, why? cobra's now chasing yeah, them yes why are you chasing like, him wait you're do you care about the life of the girl that's in the car with and you and they're shooting at the girl yeah. why are you following yeah. them he's like i need to take care of this let's get to this like, like, stay people. down i'm gonna nip this Listen, in the bud i just think at that point he's like they shot at me so now i gotta fuck yeah, kill he's pissed he's and he's yeah he's like fuck everything he's sweating so much in this movie him and brian thompson are so sweaty uh <laughs> i love how she puts all the ketchup on her fries that was weird yeah he was grossed out by that yeah there's well, too much like ketchup. a analogy like they were trying to like Show how much blood was about to happen. Okay, later. okay, I, I can see that. Now the movie—you kind of mentioned this, right? The, the first hour of the movie is—it's gritty. It's in the city. There's some, you know, quick MTV style editing. It has a certain style. The last half hour of this movie, they leave the city, and it kind of becomes just like a standard B movie fucking action movie. Yeah. It was like a standard shootout that you'd see like in a yeah. dirty Harry movie or something like Tons that. Tons of guys on motorcycles just sliding out because they're acting like they got hit. Like there was so many of them. It was great. Cause he never misses. Yeah. I mean that first, now that I think about, you know, I didn't notice that, but now that I think about it, that first half of the movie is, it is going for it's it. It's a whole, yeah, it's a whole different <laughs> a lot of dark ways. feel, man. It's, where, where the second one is, the second half is just a, him mowing down bodies over and over again. Like they just, they're just, uh, after the, the hospital, they just, it's just scenes set up for Cobretti to kill more guys. That hospital scene was actually pretty good. The hospital scene Great. wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, the hospital scene, that's like, as a kid and even now, it's like scary. there's some good tension yeah. in that scene. Yeah. I mean, and she's not the greatest, but it works. Bridget Nielsen. I mean, she's not an actor. Yeah. She's not asked to really do no, much. She Just does be scared. scream and look good. Yeah, uh, but I had like that slasher feel. He's yes. clawing through the door yeah, and she yeah. has to get out and then he's trying to get yeah. to her. There's so, some I mean, jump, yeah. there's some jump, good jump scares with the, the slasher guys. So climax of the movie. Finally, they're in some, I don't even know how they got it. They're in some fucking foundry where there's flames and people are getting set on fire. Uh, and then hilariously, he gets the uh, the bead on the bad guy at the end, and we have just watched Cobretti murder like dozens of people, and and the night slasher goes, "You're not going to shoot me. You can't do it. You're civilized." And he fucking catches a monologuing, and Cobretti doesn't shoot him. You just shot all these people. What are you <laughs> waiting for? And the fucking girl gets him, and he has. Well, also like the the guys like. The the Brian Thompson's character to think like you won't shoot me because yeah, you're a you're a cop pig. you're a pig right pig you have you you have the these morals and it's like no he just murdered he all these people he's setting people I on know fire. it makes no I, Dude, it's so dumb and at the end he's literally unnecessarily setting people on fire it's a little extreme Cobretti I wouldn't have gone that way but you get the thing where he gets to hang the guy on the hook impale him. Which, if that wasn't enough, and now I'm going to set him on fire. Also, let's yeah, just that was a good little alive. extra boost. So, that was a pretty epic. It's death. Fucking crazy, yeah. That guy's screaming. It looks painful. Yeah. Looks painful. I mean, that guy's just an evil guy, so it's like deserved. Yeah, the guy plays a great bad guy. Brian Thompson plays a great bad guy. If that, I, I mean, if I see that guy in real life, I'm going to be fucking scared of him. Still, yeah, that- to this day, <laughs> he's a great '80s bad guy. He is. He def- definitely underrated. I think people don't put him up there 
Uh, we can talk about 80s bad guys. Uh, I have. Let's just go through real quickly favorite lines, starting with the opening Stallone narration is fucking wild. Where he's like, in America, there's burglary every 11 seconds, <laughs> an armed robbery every 65 seconds, a violent crime every 25 seconds. And he says a murder every 24 minutes and 250 rapes a day. And apparently those statistics are way too high, even for 1986. They're just exaggerated a little bit. Uh, and of course, the classic line where he's like, how many rapes a day? Oh, just- 250 <laughs> rapes a day. Are you serious? Is it really like 50 rapes? I, like how I, I don't know. Look it up. So I'm not Googling that. You look that up. Uh, I love. Jeez, of course, God. I love. Blow, I'm going to blow up this place. Go ahead. I don't shop here. And then you're a disease. I'm the killer. I'm the cure. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the law starts. And I start sucker. It didn't need sucker. Didn't like, need that sucker was- at all. And it's just a horrible. That line. ruins the line. Uh, I did like when the guy's like, Cabretti, you know you have an attitude problem? And he's just like, yeah, but it's just a little one. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, of course, he goes, you have the right to remain silent. And after spilling gasoline on the dude, lights the dude on fire. That's two people. <laughs> two people. Which has nothing to do. No. Like Arnold's one-liners has everything to do. Like, hang around. You know, yeah. like in the guy's Stick hanging. You know? there, there's no build-up to any of these lines. No. They're just saying lines. Crime is a disease. Uh, also, I think there's... I forget the line... Even though I just saw it today, yeah. but there's a line he says to Gonzalez about like his attitude. Oh, that I thought there's was one funny. where he goes, "You're too violent." Yeah. yeah, no, no. There's one where there's the, where they're talking about the girl upstairs, and he goes, "I didn't notice." And Gonzalez is like, "Fucking liar." And Colbert's like, "Hey, watch your language. You're in public for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why." I'm correcting him. That was a good. One. I was referencing the one though where he tells him he's too violent. Oh, you're a little too violent. <laughs> you're a little too violent. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he punches the guy out at the end. Guys, like I, I, I the, what, what I what I I liked Gonzalez's character, yeah. but there was like not a ton of him in it. No, they're just talking about junk food the whole time. He just kept yeah. lecturing him on his diet. Yeah, he comes out of the store with like a bunch of candy bars. Like, hey, you want some all, of these? All of those had to be ad libbed. Like we're in then they're in the hospital. He's like, uh, you want some of this? Uh, he's got some cheese. You got you done with oh, this? Gonz- Gonzalez says about the Bridget Nielsen's character. She's like, oh, I like her. She's a fellow garbage belly. Garbage <laughs> belly because they just <laughs> eat junk food. Yeah. Do I want a gummy bear? It's like the whole movie, the stupid joke. Okay, here's what the fuck happened with this look movie. How, look how enthusiastic Ron is about is, a movie that he just saw. I love this movie now. It's so bad. The, he's a historian. Holy now the shit, movie. it's wild. Wait till you hear the main behind the scenes. So, turns out originally Sylvester Stallone was initially cast as Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, shit. Yowzers. Okay. He took a look at the script and he goes to them and he goes, uh, what if we take out all the jokes? And this is what he wanted to do. He rewrote it, took out all the jokes, making it more darker and violent. And the produce, the studio was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Still ah. Sorry. It's, first of all, it's too expensive to make. He exits the project. They immediately go back to the original script, get Eddie Murphy and make a fucking classic. So I think you have Stallone to thank. Oh, shit. For Eddie Murphy and Beverly him, Hills Cop. Him being a huge asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just gave a us Eddie Murphy. So he takes this movie, wants to make it himself. This first cut of this movie is over two hours long. It has a lot more stuff about the Night Slashers and the cult. Uh, so there is stuff missing. There basically. is a lot of stuff missing. 
The problem much more violent. Much right? more violent. Yes, we'll get into that. But the couple of issues with this length. The first thing is Top Gun had just come out a few weeks before this movie was going to be released, and they wanted to get extra screenings in the theater to compete with Top Gun, who was doing phenomenal. So they cut this thing down. They cut out a lot of plot character development uh, and Stolen basically left in anything that had to do with him and cut out anything that didn't have to do with Cobretti. So they submit. What do you mean? Wait, he's playing. No, he cut it. He left in all the Cabretti stuff and anything that didn't have to do with him, Uh. like extra night slashers and the other characters cut all that shit out. They submit this cut. The MPAA gives it a fucking X rating. They're like, it's too violent. You have to give it. So now they cut it down to this 87 minute runtime, which is why those murder scenes are some are sped up. Some are slow mode to remove all the violence to get it in our rating. We talked about Stallone's uh, Bridget Nielsen was his wife. He had met her filming Rocky. Well, Free. I was just going to let me comment on that. Yes. That makes sense yes. because there, I definitely was when I was watching that film, like they aren't going all the way. And I don't know if this is a stylistic choice, but I feel like they should be going all the way on some of this I stuff to really yeah. like really punch you that like, look how fucking evil. Yeah. I heard are. that there's a cut of this that exists somewhere. There is a, uh, there was never a director's official director's cut. There is a bootlegged work print that has all the X-rated stuff out there somewhere. I would kind of love to see this. Original so you talk about, is cut. it with, with the other stuff in or yes, just the extra has, violence? It has in. the X-rated scenes, the uncut action sequences. It has scenes explaining the motives of the new order gang. And it has more on the Night Slasher and Stalk, the girl, the mole cop. Okay. But uh, Mm. in the 90s, they actually broadcast a six-minute longer alternate version with different things that was broadcast on TV, which is interesting. I would love to see this full two-hour violent fucking cut of this movie. There's got to be a restoration of Cobra. We need to find this. I think Stallone doesn't like this movie either. I think he's down on it. Despite it making money, it was considered a box office flop because of how well the Rockies and the Rambos were doing. It didn't come anywhere near that. Uh, Other interesting facts. The supporting cast extras were forbidden from talking to Stallone on set. Apparently, he would cause lots of delays on set, fooling around with Bridget Nielsen, showing off for his bodyguards. And he is kind of uh, the actual director of this movie. Oh, shit. Let me explain. The guy, the director, Kostastos or whatever, who directed this, also directed Rambo, First Blood Part Two, And apparently, this guy just let Stallone do whatever he wanted to do. And Stallone really called a lot of the shots and directed a lot of this movie. And the other guy was just around. And apparently when Stallone wasn't around, this guy was a fucking terror to be around to work with. Uh, So Stallone's really the director, technically. Oh, here's a great one. For the Night Slashers monologue in the lead up to the final fight, Brian Thompson did the scene with the script supervisor standing in for Stallone, who was busy watching a basketball game on TV. Couldn't be bothered. Uh, yeah, that was his real car, 1950 Mercury. And Ruggs, originally, that song, You Got the Touch, Stan Bush from Transformers. Oh, shit. Written for this movie. Wow. Yeah. Where were they going to put that? I don't know, but I do love Angel, Angel of the City. Remember that? 
I just know the there's montage. Gloria Estefan in this movie too. <laughs> there's Miami Sound Machine. There's the yeah. I think when he's right when he's driving to the parking lot to to where the Vatos are. Yeah, uh, he's got Gloria Estefan. Yeah. All in all. That music cue actually was like made me confused and think this movie was in Miami. For well, that's a good point. But it's, you know, it's funny because it's also Christmas in L.A., kind of like a diehard or a, yeah, a, like a dark Christmas. Yeah, but movie. it's just matter of fact Christmas. Like they don't really it just happens to be Christmas. I'm looking at Wikipedia and I'm seeing, I mean, some of these scenes are much more brutal. Yeah, there's a there was like severed hands and yeah. you saw them actually kill saw people. The- well, you can see like some of the, there's like if you look at the movie, there's definitely some parts where they show the dead women oh, yeah. and they're like cut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But you only like see like, afterwards. It's like far away yeah. and it's like very brief. Also, it's a very them. dark movie. Like the whole movie is super dark and heavy shadow. I mean, it makes it dramatic, but also makes it hard to see things sometimes. The thing is, is that Stallone wanted to create a character. Yes. Like I think the I think that the. Um, Fair game, the book that he was adapting yeah. to make this movie. He was like, okay, that's kind of boring. It's not going to really launch me as an action star. I want a franchise. So he created this character of Cobra. All right. And he created it, I guess, in an homage to like Dirty Harry yep, and shit yep, like that. Yep. And like, so I like that he did that creatively. I like that they, you know, I don't think fair game. Uh, does this kind of horror thing? No, with that's the, more like a romantic action comedy. Because the yeah. thing is, they hook up. They hooked up in this movie, right? That's what we were. That what they alluded uh, to. They just kind of kiss, but then he like he stayed, stayed up, up all, all night. night. Yeah, yeah, watching for the. Yeah, he doesn't bang her. So, um, but the only thing that kind of is it from Fair Game is that the girl's like a hot model or whatever. That supposedly, supposedly he cha- made these changes that made it kind of unique. And I like that, that, okay, it's a, he created this character, like this kind of like super, like machismo character. Violent, yeah. And you have, um, you have this kind of evil syndicate that he's working against that's kind of dark. And that could have been like a whole series, a franchise. They just fumbled the ball so badly on it. Well, it's Canon Group as part of it. But I agree. He was looking for another franchise. Like, Stallone, it's not enough that you're fucking Rocky and Rambo. You are ruling the 80s right now. You are the, he is, and think about him making this movie. He would have shot this in 1985 when he was, he thought he was the biggest shit in the world. He must have been so unbearable. The eagle on this motherfucker. Well, l- let me ask you something, Emron. You just saw this movie, what, yesterday? Yeah. And I feel like you've, like, either read wikipedia seven times or like have just become an overnight expert on everything that happened there's, some, but there's something about <laughs> him do like how are you saying he wanted to make a, a franchise it's, you it's just o- saw the no, movie but it's obvious he's trying to launch yeah. another franchise with cobra if you look at the context of what you know the historical time and what it was clearly yeah. but i mean it's you know he goes on to do stuff like cliffhanger demolition man which are like fun movies and they're kind of like weird classic Stallone movies, but I would have loved to see more Cobretti like in this, this dark R rated edgy franchise. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the movies just, it just cut so much that like they're really, you just don't really get a ton of time to get to know anything other than Cobra. Yeah. Um, and he's just a walking caricature of the eighties. Yes, he is. The, the, one of the things that I was always thinking about is that the movie's called Cobra, but he doesn't drive a Cobra. Oh, that would have been Which great. is a much cooler yeah. car than what no, he likes his, his Mercury. stupid Mercury. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
but the idea is cool. Like uh, a guy named Cobra. That's yeah. a, that's a cool name yeah. with a, the matchstick and the glasses and the black and the gloves. Those are all cool things that he created there. It's yeah, just and, he, and he's the and he's the guy that you call for the stuff that like he's literally that movie we reviewed a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks nobody. ago. Nobody, he's right? The guy, like the guy that get things done. That, that takes the jobs that no one wants. Yeah, I mean, he's the eraser. I, Anthony, I did go down a rabbit hole on the internet with this movie, but <laughs> I just I'm amused by how much you know about a film the more, that you hadn't seen up until the yesterday. The more I read, the more I was like, this is fucking fascinating. Well, it's one thing that you don't, like. I mean, being a person growing up in the '80s and to not have seen Cobra, yeah, to miss the boat I on it, Cobra. it's like, oh shit, like. Oh, and and then the fact that now that when you're watching it, you can get all of this information that's out yeah. there that you didn't have when you were a kid when you went to the, see the movie. So we just took it at face value. Yeah. So it just gives you so much more context when you watch a film to go back and not only you can go on Letterboxd, read the reviews and see YouTube videos and Wikipedia. Like, shit Rugs, you just you- watch Highlander again. I'm going to watch that again. It's been years. Well, your, your enthusiasm for sure makes me now want to like do a little more research because I've always taken this movie at face value. And the times I was taking it at face value, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but there are things, you know, every time I watch a movie, there's things where I'm like, why is this like this? There's got to be a reason because it makes no sense. Usually there's some fun backstory reason. Well, there, it would have been interesting to see get more into like the the um, the Night Slasher and his, what is that the group called? The New Order, that which is a great order, 80s like, band. What they're trying to do. Not that. Like, that would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to see more of... Like get to know the the night slasher maybe a little more. Although I I actually kind of tend to believe like what we the fact that we just don't know yes, shit about I think him that works makes it more. He evil. makes it more scary and mysterious that you're like this guy's just a fucking crazy serial killer. But for the, no the, reason. there's like there's definitely aspects to this movie that if you just would have fine tuned it and maybe even gone with the original script yeah, yeah. or like the original version yeah. that this could have been something that would have been. A lot more memorable than just 80s action I'm going to make a plea to Chad Stileski to make Reboot remake this Cobra. movie, too. Oh, after, shit. after you do Highlander, yes. do this. Because it wow. need I'm down. Th- this would be a great a great one for him. Imagine to do. trying to reboot this now and and dealing with the fucking who who would you cast as a Cobra? Oh, would you get Stallone to wheel his ass out there, or would you <laughs> no, get someone else? No, I would I would find another guy that has Young the same guy. that has the same kind of. Like machismo, but it would be Cobretti's like long lost relative. I think it needs would, to be. Would related you do? To. Would no? Well, maybe a remake. But would you do? Here's what: Would you make it like modern, or would you make it no a throwback? It would be in the eighties. It would be okay. in the eighties. It would have so it's, to be it's addressing all the eighties machismo oh, but with you would our do modern it in the eighties. Yeah, but make it with a modern eighties movie. That'd be fucking fun. It would be great because yeah. that would be like like it's this is like Cobra is like. You know, like when uh, the last action hero came out, and it was like yeah. a a spoof on all the tropes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like you know, Arnold has like the, the 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 leather jacket and the glasses, and it's like this is it. This is the yeah, guy. Yeah. It's like this is the guy. It, it's the macho guy who has the car, who has the matchstick out of his mouth. Like Arnold had a cigar all the time, but like he has this and that. So it's like it's like the perfect caricature to do a, a great eighties <laughs> fucking uh, remake. Unlimited bullets. Yes. Uh, yes. Has to protect yeah. the hot girl that he ends up just getting, yeah. even though he's like, I don't think it'd be very smart <laughs> to with me or some sort of line like that. Yeah. He's got to have like, some code yeah. that makes no sense because he just senselessly kills people. <laughs> it just, it's the product sense. of its time. And like, could and, you do and, that? Like, now? And, and anyone that like, 
even questions his coat <laughs> is automatically just a weasel and a weak person, and you, you should never like a person that questions a man, a, a macho man like that. Like that, that man should never be questioned. Exactly. Probably. I do what needs to be done. Oh my god! Yeah. I would love to they see a remake make of those this mu- ridiculous yes. macho. Movies I like it. Like at the end, he just punches the yeah. dude, and he's like, "No hard no feelings." Hard feelings huh? <laughs> I wouldn't have done it that way. I, would... I read. I just read now though that that dude was supposed to be the leader. That of the was movie. another cut thing where Monty, the guy who didn't, who in the beginning is like, "I'm against calling you in here, Cobra." He was the guy in charge of the cults. So, cult. Yeah, wow. that would have been a that was that would have been. Actually, I don't know if that would have been a huge twist, but it would have been another yeah. thing. I just want to go to a, a weird basement and slam axes Links together. At, you need two axes <laughs> to enter this group. You have to have one for each hand. Otherwise, they don't let you in. Why are they always just standing there doing <laughs> it? It's like, is that know. their calisthenics? It's like, <laughs> we have to do morning exercises. Everyone grab shoulders. your axe. I, the, the, if you notice, too, there's like a couple guys in like suit and tie yeah. that are. Yeah, doing, there are. Yes. Like, did they just like go to. They went to like their office job and then had their axe in the trunk and then came over to this <laughs> warehouse and started clinking the axe. I'll axes. be home in time for dinner. I got my cult thing I got to do. I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll just take 10 minutes. We're just clinking some axes together. They don't they, do anything. Did they use axes at all? The, well, yeah, they, they did. They did in the, the parking, shot, parking lot scene. They oh, okay. Axe a the, well, they said on the news that the Night Slasher uses like bludgeoning weapons. So at first I was like, they don't even use guns. Just shoot them all. But then they had guns at the end. Also, those motorcycles took forever to get where they were going at the end. They just kept driving. Yeah, they showed them too early yeah and i was like he's gonna hear them rolling up and he waits all night and i'm like are they here yet no then it's morning and then they fucking show up yeah it was took a really, long time. Yeah. the editing was really <laughs> weird at, okay, at some point let's rate this movie final thoughts i don't know rank it against whatever rank what do we rank Stallone movies i think rug said the best one it's like it's like a commando it's like a schwarzenegger's commando uh anthony give me a number what would you give this movie today as a kid, I would have rated this like an eight and a half. Oh, shit. Um, or as a teenager. Yeah. Having watched it now, being as old as I am now, kind of seeing for what it, really what it is, the kid in me still likes yeah. it. And I still, I do respect some of the, the intertwining of horror, 80s machismo action, weird, or not weird, but just 80s music. And cutscenes of Bridget Nielsen modeling <laughs> with, with robots. robots, like all and you know some of the one-liners. That being said, it's not a good yeah. movie at all. So I'm gonna just go give it a five and a half. Oh, okay. Slightly above yeah. average, more so because of the history I have with yeah. it and liking it as a kid. Okay, fair enough. Rugs, what would you give it? I was I was set on a five. <laughs> Be, because like rating. Stallone yeah. was Stallone is is better than this. Right. This is like his worst, not his worst movie, but like post like super success. Like you got Stopper, My Mom Will Shoot and Oscar and a lot of fucking flops. Um, you know, we, you know, you got Tango and Cash, which is pretty good. Well, yeah. as Go- Johnny Gonsman, this is Stallone peak powers. Stallone. Yeah. 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 This is, he's the so biggest this is kind of world. like a weird yes. place for him to land yes. at his peak. And so. It is a B movie to me, so I give it a B movie grade. It's like it's got a healthy budget because WB kicked in some dough, yeah. and we've seen what you can you, you can do with a low budget and with style and shit. So I feel like it could have been a much better movie. And there's the fact that the movies I, I could feel it when I was watching it, like oh, there's shit that's missing. And then afterwards, I looked it up, I'm like oh, there is shit. Of course, <laughs> there's lots of stuff that's missing. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a five because I think that uh, I would like to see this other cut. 
Me too. And see if it's any better. But me too. I think at, at this point, it's a five. I'm going to give it like a, it's like a five and a half, six for me also. It is very strange. I mean, I think he took a risk doing this movie at the height of his popularity. It is very strange, dark role that you don't see him doing later at all that he kind of played with here and it didn't pay off, obviously. He's, I will watch a movie like this any day of the week, by well, the way. Well, here's the thing about this movie. It, it, in the time, it made some money. Yeah. It was destroyed by critics. Yeah. But if you look at like a letterboxed, and like and just any and a lot of people's fondness, like this is definitely a cult classic. It's a cult classic, absolutely. And Letterbox yeah, is like yeah. very, very in favor of the movie. Like I think it, there, there's a it captures it. It's everything as we discussed. The '80s is just all wrapped in, in, in terms of Cobra's character. It's all quintessential into this movie. '80s action macho dude, I, and it's like almost a parody of the guys he's you know made famous. So it's just it's a strange fucking movie. But I'm I'm going. Like, how does this how does this compare it? to Roadhouse? Okay, it there is. I love Roadhouse. I, love Road, I, I mean, I think Road. I like Roadhouse more. But there is a kind of a a kinship. There's something that's familiar, like Roadhouse. There's something B movie about yes, Roadhouse. Yes, or absolutely. Yeah. Roadhouse is better. Ro- Roadhouse. It's got, it's Roadhouse got boobs. Little, well, and Roadhouse is a little unconventional because it's they're like. The action hero is a guy that just remakes bars. Yes, that's great. <laughs> he, like, he's basically John Taffer yes. of the 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A good looking John Taffer who could do Tai Chi. This is bar a bar much more conventional. It's a yep. badass guy that works like under below below the, the line with Lieutenant Marion Cobretti. Right. Uh oh. it's no wolf cop, but that's a different story. You can't even oh, compare the Wolf Cop. Don't, don't, no. you, the Wolf Cop isn't, is not a part of this no, conversation. No. But Roadhouse and Cobra. It's better than yeah. the Wraith. Oh, it's way better than the Wraith. Yes, absolutely. It's better than the Wraith. It's better than a lot of movies. Yes. yes. It's, not it's quite not. up to Roadhouse, but. You have, you have a. If Cobra is a, a great name, it's Stallone. Brian Thompson is an evil looking motherfucker. Great. And the poster is iconic. Like, I remember it, the, the poster. Halloween sequence is. I mean, the, ho- not ho- the hospital, hospital sequence. The hospital sequence is like. Feels like a Halloween movie, yeah. Um, and you have like Bridget Nielsen, who's like again not a great actress, but so eighties as well. Yeah, yeah. like you just have so many eight things going on for it in it's terms of like a representation 80s. of the era. Yeah, Johnny Gons, great pick. Thank you for <laughs> making me watch this. It slipped by me, and if I was a kid, I would fucking love this movie. Oh, but yeah. I do, I do, I do. I can appreciate it now. Uh, and the backstory is fascinating. That was a lot of fun. Okay, let's just do some quick. What are we watching this week, guys? And we will wrap up. Anybody see anything fun? Uh, mm. I watched Highlander again. Oh, you did watch the Highlander again. I'm gonna watch that again too because we don't need been... the review. But everybody knows yeah. Highlander. It's on Amazon. We might do Check a, it out a Patreon Patreon review of Highlander because uh, it's a fun movie and I don't remember it. I need to watch it again. I, I'll I'll mention because I never mention what I'm actually watching. Yeah, what are you watching? But this is nothing for me to review. Yeah. I'm watching a lot of basketball because it's the NBA playoffs. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, not watching a ton of other stuff because it's, first off, it's nice outside. Yeah. It's been Memorial Day weekend and. You don't have to wear NBA masks. Playoffs. Everybody's outside. Everyone's outside doing stuff. Oh, I have two things I watched. What's that? 
I watched season three of Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. Oh, that's still good. Are you still are you still into it? I'm I'm in. Huh. I mean, oh. it's huh. very predictable. It's not like it's it's super predictable. Yeah. It's like these kids, they never die. <laughs> no matter what happens, they always get out of it. And there's always like they always think they're gonna get off the island. It's like Gilligan's Island. They never get <laughs> off. Okay. And uh there's <laughs> just like a dinosaur always trying to eat them. So okay. it's like it it's really but it's the characters are they're they're growing and they're oh, wow. they're, they're you know there there is a I don't know it's for a kid show I think it's pretty good. What do you think of the animation style? I think it's good. Okay. There's some great stuff in there. Okay. They have like this new dinosaur called the Scorpius Rex. Okay, that's pretty freaking uh, terror. There's some terror terrifying good at moments in this. I mean, obviously you never feel like the kids are ever ever in danger right. because you know they're never gonna get kill these kids on a t- kids TV show. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be great if they got it's fine. I'm having fun. I want more shows like this on Netflix, like more like, you know, stuff like animation to this level, because I think the animation is is like maybe not quite as good as like what we saw in Love and Robot, Love, Death and Robots. But the dinosaurs look good, but it's pretty legit. And the second animation that I've been watching is I'm trying to get up caught up on the anime train uh, with uh Demon Slayer, oh. which is the biggest movie that came out yeah. this year, yeah. is Demon Slayer. Yeah, it's like huge anime, uh, manga, all that stuff. And so I watched about seven episodes of that. What is that? Um, on? That is on Netflix, and it is it is dubbed. If you don't want to do subtitles, Demon Slayer, uh, Mugen Train. No, not Mugen Train. Mugen Train's the movie. The movie has made $448 million worldwide. The series is on Netflix. So Ooh, I'm going to watch the series and then watch the movie because the movie is the end cap to the series. Uh, okay. So I'm watching the – and it's basically about um, this kid in, in Japan. He's uh, his, a demon, like wipes out his whole family, and he – Wants to say he was one sister's left alive and he wants to cure her because she's been turned into a demon. So he now makes it his whole life to like hunt down the demons and try and find out answers and blah, blah, blah. And the animation's really good. And the story's okay. The character's a little annoying, but uh, some of the, the character has this running monologue the whole time. Okay. That like kind of like you're in his head and he's talking to himself like Peter Parker. It's a really really annoying Peter Parker, like even more <laughs> annoying than Peter Parker. Like not funny, just yeah. like always doubting himself. Yeah. And, uh, but it's 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 kind of cool. There's like animation's really great. I'm gonna stick with it. So the movie, uh, it's uh, the highest grossing film of all time in Japan, the highest grossing anime film and Japanese film of all time. The highest grossing R-rated animated film of all time. Oh, shit. This fucking movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Crazy. I mean, it, it, it's I, I'm not like blown away by it. It seems like just the animation is on another level, I think. Like when you watch a TV show, animation could be kind of like, uh, you know, they, you know, cheap and whatever. They seem to go balls out nice. on the uh, on these uh, episodes. Nice. I'm going. They made four five hundred million dollars off a fifteen million dollar budget. Yeah, Damn. I want to see what's the most popular thing that's out there. I want to see why it's so popular. This I'm thing trying to is get to huge. All right, I watched the big thing this week that was on HBO Max. You may have heard people talking about it. The fucking Friends reunion. Anybody into this? At oh, all? I saw that. Did you? Yeah, I saw. I heard yeah, about I saw. this all week. Unfortunately, I'm not a Friends. You're guy. not a Friends guy, Rugs. Did you watch the Friends? 
I did. I loved I did the Friends, it. and I really thought this reunion was fantastic. It, it, uh, did you cry, Imran? It got me teary, and it showed. It reminded me of the really funny bits, and you learn a lot of interesting things that I think Friends fans didn't know. And all I know is them trying to help Ross move the sofa, and him screaming, "Pivot!" Pivot is the fucking funniest thing I've ever yeah, seen. It's Every great time episode. I laugh my fucking ass off. What did you think <laughs> of the just the overall the production and seeing everyone? I do want to comment on their appearances. I know that's a shallow, shitty thing to do, but you have to. <laughs> yeah. I, I only have one comment on their appearances. Yes. Uh, and it's not my own comment. It's my friend. I'm going to shout him, shout him out, Ed. Uh, he goes, all of them except one person. I forget who. And he, he points, puts a picture Matt of... LeBlanc. Um, Matt LeBlanc, yeah, yeah, he puts a picture of the um, that character, the Batman villain that like looks like all different can turn themselves oh, into all different face, people. Yes. Clayface, oh, yeah. Shit. He's like, oh, this shit. is my reactions to the Friends reunion. Everyone looks like Clayface. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, I'm gonna go real quick down the line. Jennifer Aniston still looks phenomenal, but she's had work done. You could tell, right? Yeah. Lisa Kudrow still looks okay. She looked really good. Uh, Courtney Cox is the most egregious offender of you. Scan their yeah, faces. She was going buck wild with yeah, that. Yeah, so you look at them, you're like, whoa, what happened? She used to be so gorgeous. She used to be so pretty on that show. And like, yeah. she's done her lips. Okay, so that's the girls. Uh, David Schwimmer just looks a little bit older, kind of the same. Which uh, one's David Schwimmer? Ross. Okay. Uh, the funniest was Matt LeBlanc fucking walking in with a big gut. And like white hair, he didn't give a fuck. He's wearing like a Hawaiian, big Hawaiian shirt. It's fantastic. And then I think, uh, what's his name? Matthew Perry had a stroke or Bell's palsy oh, no. before he came on the show because he was a slurry mess. Now, at- well, he, no, he had he was wearing dentures because I think he had a big drug problem. He said officially that that day he had come from a tooth dental procedure, which is why he was slurring. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did, Matthew Perry. That is a lot. There's no way that was from just going to the dentist. He was, there was something wrong with him. There was something wrong. Yeah, I mean, Courtney Cox, I'm looking at these pictures. She's always, um, not always, but she's definitely had work done throughout her entire career. But she, early friends, she didn't have any. She didn't need it. Yeah. Jen Aniston still looks great. So, uh, Rugs, what'd you think overall? I thought it was great. I thought they did a good job. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was fun. Uh, it was a lot of fluff. I like that one girl who was like, did you hate anything? And then he talked about the monkey. Oh, and that the was monkey funny. story was great. And the fact that uh, Schwimmer and Aniston actually had a crush on each other the whole time and they didn't do anything about it. And they kind of used that in the show. So, but really, the story hooks up with who in the show? Uh, Ross and Ross and Rachel. We were on a break and they break up and they come back together. And then remember, towards the end, the big thing was Monica and Chandler of all people. Get, All right, here's a question yeah, for you. Yeah. Would if I watched Friends, if I got into Friends, yeah. would, would, or if I tried to get into Friends, yeah. would it still be funny for me and would oh, it yeah, be absolutely. fun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without question. Show is, Without it's question. It's fucking hilarious. It's timeless. Yeah. It's really? timeless. Okay. And the strength is these specific six people in these roles have this chemistry you're never going to find with any if anybody like else was you, in this, the show would have sucked. I think you have to give it like a few episodes to like really let the characters grab yep, you but yep. like once you're in that's it like once you're into once you're into the channel because like the, the dynamic is you got the bros right. the bromance yeah. which is like chandler joey and chandler yeah, joey like and chandler. they're these two guys that are completely opposite but they both like 
they're just broy all the time and they're just being bros or just doing whatever and, and they're having a great time. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Ross, who's kind of like he's kind of like the outsider guy that kind of doesn't really fit in with anybody. No self confidence always. Yeah. yeah. And then you have like the you know the girlfriends that they're all yeah. this group of friends, but. They all coalesce, but the dynamics are funny with the, especially with when, when they, when they do the thing with the, lose the when apartment. When they switch the apartment is one of my favorite episodes oh, when great. they lose on the quiz. But yeah, they, they, it's the six of them, man. And like this chemistry they had was unbelievable. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it's fucking I, my, hilarious. Because friends is such a monumental thing that yeah. I just never got into. Yeah. I might try and watch. You know how many episodes, episodes there are, though. If you, a lot. Two hundred thirty-six. Yes. Two hundred <laughs> ten years. Right now. It was odd for ten years. But, but I mean, this fucking it's such funny, an iconic dude. thing yes. that I've just never like. It's it's one of those like Friends, yeah, Sopranos, Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Yeah. Like I, I never like never watched. You gotta and watch the Friends, dude. I mean, people criticize. I think it it's easier things. to get into Friends than Seinfeld, but yeah, they're both great. Yeah, it is. I I, yeah. I thought they did a good job on the reunion. So check maybe that I'll out. start with Mash first. Oh my God, there's that's like eleven <laughs> years of Mash episodes. Jesus did you, fuck. That's imper- to me. That's impermeable. Like I can't get into. Mash. I used to watch I Mash. Never. I used to watch Taxi in reruns. My dad was a big Mash guy, and I, I never, I never, I don't even know what Mash. Like I don't. It's just something about war. It's I have about no idea what med- it is. this medical uh, uh, group and during the South Korean War. In the fifties, yeah, they're like the they're like the uh, medevac team. They're the medevac, gotcha. they're the yeah, and it's is it a with, drama? Is it it's, a comedy? It's a comedy drama okay. shot on location in this camp, but it was a half hour comedy. Gotcha. But it was the longest running TV show ever, and it had like the the finale. I think had the most people watching a finale ever, like hmm. over a hundred million people or something watched all at once. And went out yeah, for a yeah. long that time. That was one of the biggest yeah was, watched yeah, things ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Friends fans, the reunion is great. Check out Friends. I checked out. There's a historical movie that HBO Max just put out. It's called Oslo, and it is about the Oslo peace accords that happened in 1993 between uh, Prime Minister Israel's Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin and PLO Yasser Arafat. Both men ended up getting killed. Yes, they did. And for doing that. For doing that. And other, yeah, he was assassinated. Yes, Yitzhak were being assassinated because a militant didn't want him to sign the accords. This, and I didn't know, this is like 93, and I remember hearing about this. I remember the class, the famous photo of them shaking hands and Bill Clinton's there. I did not know the story of these peace accords. So th- this is a, an amazing movie. You know, war movies, obviously compelling, gripping its war. They can be shitty, but generally they're good. This is literally a peace movie. And no lie, it is just as fucking compelling as any war movie. It's really good. This these talks were done in secret over a period of six months, and you see you and especially now that uh, Hezbollah and Israel have escalated in the past, and now there's a truce. You see both sides clearly state their gripes, what they want, how they feel about each other, and it helps you understand the situation. And they did sign these accords for a while. I don't know what happened after. Obviously. They're not. Well, didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, uh-huh. But the you know this country of Norway and it really like it was a citizen and a lady in the government that decided we we're gonna put these people together in a room and just get them to talk. So all we want to yeah. do and it was it's really good. What's it called again? Oslo. Gotcha. So if you enjoyed, I would also recommend Chernobyl on HBO Max. If you enjoy stuff like that, uh, you're gonna love that. And then the last thing I wanted to recommend on Apple TV Plus, they have a documentary series it's a, about music from a the year that cha- that music changed everything 
Not the year that changed music. The tagline is the year music changed everything. And it's called 1971. Now, I had no idea how many huge fucking shifts in music uh, happened in 1971. This documentary is fucking fascinating. Now I want to watch it. For, Fuck. for example, just a few of the things happened in 1971. The Beatles break up. J- right. John Lennon writes Imagine. Uh, the guards at armed guards at Kent State shoot four kids. Neil Young writes Ohio. Oh, yeah. Marvin Gaye's brother is in Vietnam and I think dies. Marvin Gaye writes what's going on. OK, and it goes on and on. It goes on to this was the de- the death of the hippie movement, literally, because that year Jim Morrison dies. The year before Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix die. The 60s are dead. And it talks about how. The music sprang into different, like on one side, you had Alice Cooper suddenly show up, giving people early Marilyn Manson, scary shit, right? That they didn't understand. And then you had it branch off into the Osmonds in pop music. Fascinating documentary about 1971. I had no idea. And then that's not even to mention the rise of the singer-songwriters, Carly Simon, James Taylor, Cat Stevens, all these people, disco, uh, rock and roll, everything. This is a fucking fascinating Fascinating documentary. I want to check this out now. Jesus, I had, that's right up my alley. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how 1971 was so huge, and it was. Like, it's a time when literally, like, the Beatles. I love music docs, the, especially yes, if they're good. The last time when, like, all the Beatles are alive, all the, the Rolling. Oh, the Rolling Stones have to flee England because of taxes. They go to France and they record fucking Exile at Main Street, one of, like, the best classic rock albums of all time. 1971. Wow. So uh, great, great. Fun. And there's so many more things. Check it out. Apple TV plus sold. Okay, good. Those are good. Solid recommendations. Listen, that's it. Anything else? Anybody want to shout out? Oh, we got no news for the nation. No, I'm, there really wasn't much. I'm skipping it. Oh, okay. Fuck the nation. Fuck the nation. Oh, that's Jesus. what Imran has Fuck to say that about show. that. <laughs> Fuck the nation. Listen, Imran. there's always plenty of time for the nation. Wow. In- All these people support us and you just don't care about them. Oh, I care. I care too much. Like Marion Cobretti. Can, can we just uh, make up stuff? Like, sure. uh, yeah. Ron Hahn says, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wes Cranford says, hey, guys, I was out boarding on my parasailing thing out on the ocean, and I forgot to read more here. What? That's all you got. Wes Cranford, I was riding a Ethan whale Cranford. in Australia. <laughs> And I was thinking about. I was riding an orca. <laughs> I was riding an orca, and I thought, "Has Batman ever done this?" <laughs> yeah, we could make up stuff. Nobody knows. New yeah. Look, it'll be back. David to- Zika writes in. Yeah, I found this rare 1970s film about an armadillo who get, becomes a mutant and destroys Tokyo. You should check it out. Really, not that bad. Production could use some work, but actually, the story is really good. That's an actual post. Oh my it's god, it's Godzilla. <laughs> That's a real post. Look, join the Facebook group. You'll be get a shout out on the show. News for the nation. Roll turn. Next week. I love everyone in the nation. Keep posting things. We got to give the shout out Lisa Morrison too. the Morrison's all the Morrison's that listen to us. There's a lot of them. There's they're more Adam Morrison. There's Adam Morris, Lisa Morrison. Oh, Adam Mor- Mor- someone, yeah. All the Morrises. Oh yeah. Ad- Adam Morris writes in. So guys, um, the particles that eject from your asshole during a fart <laughs> he did. can permeate your eyeballs we have a fart post, but not an n95 mask yeah so that is why you get pink eye when you shard on someone <laughs> and not coronavirus yeah, exactly <laughs> that's it we have a fart post in the nation 
Who are we forgetting? You're forgetting Seth Morgan? Well, we're there's, gonna so forget, people. there's so there's, many. We're going to forget somebody. Oh, there's a there's at least six. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, they're going to stop right. listening after this now. Yeah, everyone's so pissed off after that. The we're end just, of this one. We're just busting balls, you bastards. You know. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really rugboy. That's where you contact me. Don't send me any other messages on any other platforms but that. Not not fans, only fans or anything? No? Okay. No, I shut that down. Okay, I, good. I tried to do something with my butthole, and now I had to get stitched together. I got stitches in my anus. Yikes. All right. Well, that's a good place to end. Listeners, subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. Join the Facebook group. Do all the stuff. Just uh, have a good day and be nice to each other. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. Be more funny. What the fuck is going on? Get your hand off my penis! Jack and nerd!